So I understood pretty quickly that Bitcoin just fucking works. And the only thing I want my money to do is just work. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Bear, bear with me. Um, oh, okay. this have... meeting is being recorded, guys. I just got notified. Oh, yeah. Now you're official. Oh, you're I'm officially... going to click. Yeah, I've been, I, I'm going to hit my consent. I'm giving consent to you two. This is going to be uh, <laughs> uploaded as an inscription on as an ordinal inscription That's on right, blockchain. This whole episode. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm out. Hey, Just can kidding. we swear on this? Do you guys swear? Oh, you guys swear yeah, you can swear course, as much as you want. Of course. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure, but. I'm going to refer but, to Dan. I just have to say, who am I, who am I speaking with tonight yeah, or who's, but, who's here? But... Well, first of all, we have a big announcement to make. We haven't, you know, the, rec- the episodes have been coming out, but we haven't been recording uh, in a couple of weeks. Oh, and part of that, that. Okay. and part of the right reason is because Mike, uh, what, the day after Valentine's Day, just welcomed your second child into the world. So congratulations, congratulations. on that. Thank you, man. That's a big a big deal thank you for that intro we uh, on that on that subject i uh used the op return to put a message on the blockchain the block that he was born at so that's going to be on there forever did you actually yeah he did he it was a very sweet gesture i gotta say it's like from one bitcoiner to another who doesn't know how to do that Mm -hmm. shit like uh and understanding what that means at least to me like (laughs) i talk to other people about it they're like why is that important? Like, <laughs> what, who cares? Like, you just describe your fucking son's name in the blockchain for all eternity. Like, whatever. Like, anyway, um, who, yeah, who are we news. speaking with tonight? That's what I got. Yeah. Ask. Well, today we have a Thank friend, you. a friend of mine from who I actually met through Bitcoin through Twitter. Um, that I've known since I don't know the the early days of the twenty or the late days of the twenty twenty run beginning in early 21 been on his podcast three times why bitcoin uh it's doug bearded hoddle hey doug good day friends how are you pretty good and what is that so we're i usually eat inedible mike's usually high and forgets everything what are you smoking Mm. on looks like a nice Mm. uh pipe that you first of all i'm drinking uh blemorange la santa very nice. Well, and I dove all I in have... on this one, Doug. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, well, it gets better. It gets better. My brother introduced me to this shit right here. This is called Old Toby from, uh, I can't I can't make it work, but it's uh, now, old Toby. Country Squire. Country, country Squire out of Georgia. Now, Old Toby, oh. that looked like, that bag was a little blurry. It looked, is that like an old dog? Is that the ashes that's left over? You're smoking that? Yeah, I'm, actually, it's my grandmother. I'm smoking my grandmother right now. <laughs> No, is it, is it legal? Go. Is it legal in Georgia? What? This is not. This is not weed. This is this uh, is pipe smoke. Yeah, he's like pipe smoke. So, oh, so old. What is, what is this thing called? Old Toby. Old Toby. Old, to- old Toby is a is a tobacco for the pipe. It's a yes. reference to uh, Lord of the Rings. So, if you guys watch the uh, movie Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings, uh, Lord of the Rings. No, it's it's uh, it's the Hobbit at the beginning. Um, Bilbo and Gandalf are smoking old Toby. 
So they named their, it's a beautiful blend. I love it a lot. So it smells very really nice. Good. Shout out to my brother for turning me on to it. Cause he's, he's my younger brother, but he's really smart about this shit. So nice. I used to smoke Newport. So kind of the same thing. Um, <laughs> uh, Doug, you don't know. So just to clarify, you don't, you're not, you don't partake in at all in the cannabis. Mm. Yeah. I never have never have. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's not 100% true, but for the most part, it's, it's, I don't. So, yeah, we, we've gone back and forth on that a little bit, not like arguing on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering. Yeah, no, I, yeah, just I want to clarify your position. Older, You're on I, a, I, yeah. uh, yeah, I, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't care. It's just one of those things that I've not really ever gotten into. It's not, uh, uh, I'm, I'm probably pro more than anything else. It's just not one of those things that, like, it's fair enough, something I do. So do you have one of these vices that you're really into? One of these kinds of uh, like you're looking at it. I mean, yeah, you're, you're looking at both of them. So I just uh, I just nice. showed you my bottle and my my good smoke, my good tobacco. So yeah, no, I I I do like laying back with uh, a good scotch or a good bourbon um and then smoking a pipe or a cigar. That's how I relax. In fact, tonight is my relax night where like I go into the garage I close the door, I turn on some old time tunes from the 1940s. And so this is really nice because I, I'm pretty mellow. Normally I'm kind of, and, and I've got to be honest, guys, I'm a little nervous being on your show because I've never been on someone's podcast before. Oh, so. I was going to ask this question. This is something I was interested in. Like, Interesting. Uh, so you've, re- how many re- episodes have you recorded of why Bitcoin? And we'll get into a little, bit, a little more of that in a minute. Over a hundred. and Over a hundred episodes. How often do you guys record? Every week. Every week. Okay and With, uh, then so we have we have a 24 what is it we have a 24 episode season and then we take one week off in between each season so but wow. between that and then doing some extra ones here and there we're well over 100 at this point when did that officially start so to put a little context in i Ooh, met uh, jeff on twitter I, he was blowing me up about BlockFi or something like that, like wondering what it was about. <laughs> he was anti. He was anti, but he was wondering mm-hmm, about it. Mm-hmm. And this was like late 2020, early 21. And that's how I kind of met him. And I sl- like quickly realized that he did the podcast and I tuned into it right away. And it was pretty early. Like there wasn't that many episodes. So I was wondering when you started that. Uh, that would have probably been, I want to say early 21. So like, yeah february maybe january something like that uh because he got to me about bitcoin late 20 um and uh that's kind of where it all started so he and i you know he and i have known each other for many years we actually also met through twitter oddly enough um (laughs) but uh uh yeah he came at me late 20 i believe and he was was like like hitting that crazy like crazy face yeah yeah, he, to, he the way he tells it is that he lost his mind and he didn't sleep for like a week uh, and just dove all the way down the rabbit hole and then freaked out. And I think he even admitted to like curling up in the fetal position and crying for like a while. Yeah, he, I, don't I know. think he said that on uh, on our show. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff. All right. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I have to give him shit, dude. I have to give him shit. So because I know he's going to listen to this. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, he was telling me. I need to get really lubricated so that I'm really honest because he wants to hear my honest opinion on shit because apparently he thinks I'm holding back. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) Interesting. I think it's it's so hard to get an honest opinion when you're being recorded. And you know it. 
at this point, I'm old enough. I don't give a shit. I really don't. So ask away, boys. Let's do this. And you know what? I didn't. I didn't even want to start doing this because I I actually fell on Mike's perspective of the things, and I didn't. Oh, I but I, but I wanted to be. It's not that I didn't want to be. I wanted to be, but I didn't know if I had the courage of conviction to like really stand up for it and say it in case it took off and got lots of downloads. And then I finally decided I did, and that changed everything for me. But really, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of a realization I had. I stopped being nervous about it because I was like, no, this is exactly what I believe and I don't care who hears it. Yeah. 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 What, why, why did you start a podcast with? Yeah. Well, let's back up a little bit because I, I want to get into that, but so he comes to you and that what he's told me and he said on the show, <laughs> and what he, you just said that um, he t- came out the way he came to you. Sounds crazy. Sounds like something you would say to a friend, like, Hey man, maybe you should well, go to sleep and get some, like, take get some rest. <laughs> I didn't realize exactly how, how neurotic he was at that moment in time. He came to me like a rational person, like, because we we're internet friends. We've never met IRL. So, uh, but we've known each other for years. You know, um, we used to do Twitch, not together, but we would both, we both had Twitch channels. Right. So, um, is that where you're like playing video games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So he would—he was big into Hearthstone, and uh, I would actually do like cooking shows. Like okay. that was kind of my thing. I loved to do. I—I uh, I didn't want to do gaming because I'm old, so I suck at gaming. I'm, like no one's gonna watch an old man play gaming, right? So <laughs> I was like, I, I'm gonna do something interesting Shit. and still have a community, and it's gonna be fine. Uh, so I ended up doing a uh, leather working on my stream for the most part. And then also every Saturday I would do a cooking show. Uh, and Jeff, Jeff was always very supportive of my cooking show. Like he would always come in, he's asked questions, he would talk, he would, you know, make the chat happen. Like he and I were both super low level Twitch guys. Like, I don't want to make it sound like we were anything big, but we formed a really interesting bond in the sense that I, he was just coming up. Uh, I had been doing it, I think a couple months longer than him. And uh, he put out this post on Twitter where he was like, uh, I'm, I'm only like five or three. Uh, it's, for Twitch, it's, not, it's different than YouTube. It's, it's not subs. It's uh, follows, I think. Mm-hmm. It's been so long. I don't remember. But anyways, he was, he, uh, I'm only like three follows away from getting what they call affiliate. And affiliate means you actually start to get paid, uh, which was exciting for him. And it's exciting for anybody. And I was like, oh, I have... I have a fairly good following. So I like, I just blasted it out and I'm just like, I got you covered, bro. And I told my followers, just go follow him. And then like he, he, you know, he got affiliate like right away after that. And uh, so that's how we met. It was just, I just found a random post from some dude in Canada. And uh, he, after, ever since then, we've kind of been friends. So it's been cool. What, what did you, what did you cook? Like, were you, mm. like, were you barbecuing, mm-hmm. grilling? No. So what I tried to do was I tried to be sort of like a Julia child of Twitch kind of a thing where I would like, I would do a dish, but I would show all the pieces of it. I would show technique. I would show, uh, you know, little tricks and tips kind of a thing. Um, no one ever cared. I'm going to be honest with you, you fucking young people, you just don't give a shit about good cooking at all. So what made you, what made you get start doing that? I mean, you, uh, first of all, what do you, what is, what do you do by day? What's your trade? Uh, well, by day I am a stay at home father and by night I do leather work. So leather work. So yeah. So it's like a nice existence right there. 
Mm-hmm. How have you done that in real life? Of course, you're like a whiskey man. You're like doing fucking leather work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very, I, I'm very and into you're smoking the smoking One might say I'm very pipe. sensual, Mike. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. It's an old school man. <laughs> it's so you're doing leather work. You're mm-hmm. doing cooking shows, uh, and then what was your background or what was your knowledge of Bitcoin up before the end of 2020? Mm. Mm. That's a great question, Dan. I'm really glad you asked it. Um, well, back in 2017, I had a friend who said, uh, you should really check out Bitcoin. And I promptly told him, fuck you, that's a Ponzi scheme. I'm not interested. And I ignored him on all subjects uh, economic for a good five years. Then Jeff comes to me and I'd already built the trust with Jeff. The video uh, game guy. Said, video you know, game only guy. from right. the Random internet, yeah. internet dude, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, the way Jeff came to me, he was so sincere about it. And at the time, we were right in the middle of the Rona, right? Mm-hmm. And I had, it it just worked out well because I had just watched a, uh, are you guys familiar with Tim Pool? Yeah. Okay. I had just watched an episode of Tim Pool where he was talking about how much money the United States had printed. Mm-hmm during covid and i was like holy crap this isn't this is not sustainable this is not going to work and then jeff literally like that day or the day after like literally the day after was like you really need to check this out because he'd already hit me once and then he came back at me again he was like you really need to check this out i'm like all right i'm gonna do that because the the monetary system is super fucked so i need to i need to check this out and just see what see what's going on so that's that's really how that came about and then i shit coined for a little bit um jeff made fun of me mercilessly until i gave that up i block fied for a little bit until jeff made get well actually no jeff wasn't responsible for me quitting block block couldn't get out of their own fucking way so i was like okay because that was when i think that was when they like issued like 700 bitcoin erroneously or something yes like they, yes I yeah remember and that, that was, was like 800 I was like, yeah i was like mm, i'm out i'm done i don't need this shit i don't need i don't need that happening so i i i'm now i'm just <laughs> just bitcoin only and no yield and you know good morning go fuck yourself so it's funny because the first time i came on why bitcoin i was i wouldn't say shilling you guys were kind of uh interventioning on me for putting all a bunch of money on block i spread it out between the now defunct block by the now defunct celsius nexo and a few others i was like dude 10 percent like that's that's so much yeah. better than the savings accounts better mm-hmm. than the reported inflation rate and yeah yeah thank god i got all that stuff off way before any of those things tanked but i feel if i if i encourage if you're listening and you listen to that one and you're like oh i'm gonna do it too and you ended up losing money well i'm not responsible you do your own research yeah i remember that first episode man we were we were kind of jeff and i were kind of going back and forth because you were doing some sort of like uh like educational thing right yeah that's how it started heartlandbitcoin.com it was kind of it was kind of similar to swan in in a lot of ways it was just like education Uh, Mm -hmm. i didn't have anything that you could buy it on but it was going to be kind of like a private anybody in like the midwest you know they wanted a trusted source I'd help them, I you know, for a fee. I'd, help, I'd guide them through how to do it. Help them, you know, answer their calls. Give put 
produce guides, things like that. And then I think I got like two. You had some good guides. I, I no. mean, I, I did appreciate what you're doing. And I, I think if you recall, I was, I was pro. You were, what you were very much. Um, mm -hmm. But because it was, so, it was, so it was 99% back then. In terms of. What's that? So you guys go way back, all of you guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Essentially, to the beginning of the last cycle, everything moves in, in epoch, epochs. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. And so, from the day that Jeff came to you to the day you guys launched the podcast, how how long was that? How much time did you have to Weeks. learn? Weeks. Weeks. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was still shitcoining. That was why I was yeah. still blockfying and everything else because. I was just, you know, I, I kind of missed doing something. Cause I had given up Twitch, like, I don't know, maybe like a year and a half before that. Um, and this seemed like an opportunity for me to still kind of be in that sphere, but be more of myself. The problem with Twitch is you, you got to tow like the political line. You can't step outside those lines because your audience will fucking end you twitch will end you they'll take away any sort of monetization and i just was I, so i was constantly on toes you know i was constantly like can't say this like mm -hmm. i once got i once got yelled at dudes listen to this shit i was playing a scary game right because i occasionally would play video games and uh there's something that scared the shit out of me so i screamed like like high-pitched panicked scream right and everyone's laughing in the chat and I'm laughing. It was a good time. And I'm like, Jesus, I just screamed like a little bitch, didn't I? I got yelled at by like two or three people from my chat that were like, why, what do you mean? Like a bitch? You mean like a girl, like girls scream, like, like it's bad if you scream like a girl. And I was like, the fuck? What? <laughs> yes. If I'm a dude, it's bad. If I scream like a girl, I'm just, I'm sorry. It just is like, guys don't want to scream like girls. If you can't handle that, that's on you but that's that's the kind of shit you would get on twitch all the time you know and then you know of course i'm i'm competing with like hot tub streamers and listen boys i'm a little overweight but i'm still only a b cup so like i'm not really going to compete with them you know what i'm saying i'm just saying fair enough uh but it's that's interesting <laughs> it's interesting that you guys both had the twitch streams because i i knew that you guys had just started that show but the way the flow, the way you guys talked. I mean, it sounded like you guys had done that before. It sounded like a professional production from the get-go. And I appreciate you know, that's Fooled what drew ya. that's what drew me in. That's what drew me in. And I started listening really? right away. All yeah. Right. So I just yeah, I just okay. wanted to say that I think it's well, thank really, you. I appreciate I think that. you guys do a great job. I think it's really well done. And you've had some awesome guests. You had Gigi, which is still the kind of the white whale for me he's, to get he's on here. Probably my top present company accepted top three top three. Oh yeah i mean that was a great episode so if you haven't listened to that one go back i think it was april or may of 2021 so that should give you a yeah. good i, do I don't yeah i would love to have him back so he, how do you... he was him and batters were like the most mm. fucking real they were fucking great i loved them both so how do you feel now that you used to have that decent following on twitch now that you can get sat stream to you via the lightning network over a twitch stream mm honestly it's great i love it it's fine but i love the fact that i can say what i want mm -hmm. that's what i like i like the fact that bitcoiners are the types of people who they'll take what i'm saying and they'll process it 
and either they'll blast me for it if they want, which is fine, but it's a legitimate blasting. It's not, oh, what, what's wrong with screaming like a girl? No, it's like, no, here's where you're wrong with your concept, right? Like Jeff all the time was like, here's where you're wrong with yield. This is why you shouldn't yield because you're the fucking yield, right? That's the kind of information I'm, I, that's or not information. That's the kind of criticism I'm accepting. You know, like I'll, I'll deal with real criticism. This woke bullshit. I just can't do it, man. I just, I'm just, I just can't like, I can't keep up with it. It's too much, you know? So the idea that Bitcoiners are people who, for the most part, right? There's a couple of outliers who like somehow they're still in the sphere and I don't get them and I'm not going to cause any drama. I don't want to get you guys in trouble, but like there are some Bitcoiners that like they're just there for the fucking argument, you know? They're just there for the the drama. I don't I don't want that shit. I'm not interested. So That's why we're here at High Hashrate. Is the drama. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, well this pick, the deep pick a Bitcoin and I'll start a fight for you guys. Don't the hard-hitting interviews. <laughs> No, this made me think like uh, it's it's like we are a generation of um, of people that are uh, trying to discover what is real. Just that is what that's the most important question. It's like what is and it's reality? getting harder and harder. It's getting exactly. harder and harder. Deep fakes, AI. You never know what's uh... dude. Those deep fakes are getting crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, so you can't it, trust it, anything. It, it always seems like Bitcoiners come back to this concept of reality a lot better and they tend to be leather leather workers and and like uh workers basically Pro proof yeah. of work people yep producers exactly yeah jeff is a jeff is a construction worker um i've worked with my hands my whole life that was one of the reasons why i got back into leather work actually because like i uh i did the corporate scene for a while i was uh i actually I actually managed a games workshop, which was honest to God. I don't know if you guys are familiar with games workshop, but it was the most baller job ever. I literally painted miniatures and played like tabletop board games with my clients. That was it. It was awesome. Uh, no, but it was you, still very super, super can, corporate. Can, can you explain what that is? Games Workshop uh, is a, a British company. They create Warhammer 40K and uh, Warhammer. Um, oh. So it's it's a tabletop game. You paint your miniatures, you know, and then you put your miniatures out on the table, and then you have armies, and those armies fight the other guys' armies. It's a lot of fun. Like if you guys, if anybody, if your audience knows um, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill's a big uh, Warhammer guy. Uh, I'm actually really excited about. I hope he does a fucking Warhammer program or sh a show or a movie or something like that. That'd be really cool. So it was a really cool thing, but it was like super corporate where it was like. I had to beat my previous year's sales every year, every quarter, right? So like every wow. month, actually, like they would be like, Yo, that's okay, so fiat it, shit right there for oh, sure. super fiat shit, dude. It was like, <laughs> okay, so in uh, 98, you did like 30,000 in sales. So you better have in 96 in July, you better have, uh, you, you better have like 31,000. Like it was literally that kind of progression you had to have. So, I, I mean, it was one of those things where I just had to walk away from it because it was like, I can't sustain. Like, it's not like there's only so many people in my area that are into this particular thing, you know, called Warhammer. And uh, like, you just can't. And the other thing is you don't want to keep soaking them. You know, you just didn't want to keep 
uh, oh buy this you know buy that like i was very i was very laid back when it came to that shit it was like i I don't know i just uh, it's frustrating because i love warhammer i love Forty Thousand. i love the lore i love the books i love all of that shit but it was one of those things where fiat just fucking ruined it you know ruined it so that was like driving down your mental and physical health i assume Mm, oh just definitely mental definitely mental it made it very hard because you always like so every quarter uh games workshop would send us somewhere for a conference right we would all get together like the entire north american um uh sales staff would get together in like vegas or houston or uh denver whatever and uh we'd all get together and we would like oorah and shit like that and rub each other's crew cuts or whatever the fuck we would do and uh we would like you know we would all talk about like good sales strategy and shit like that but there were so many dudes that like actually got fired at those meetings like there was i remember one dude he just he just found out his wife got pregnant and they literally said if you don't like they they because we were all like kind of walking out to the buses to the airport and shit and they like pulled him aside and they were like if you don't have your numbers up in two weeks you're fucking fired and then he had to get on the bus with all the rest of us and we're all like what what's going on and they told us and we're like jesus christ so it was always like it was always that thing where you're like i could be fired anytime like i could just be gone and so how do you build with that how do you move forward with that how do you you know i got four kids like how do i you know how do i maintain with that kind of bullshit you know so very high time yeah. preference incentive super super interesting so so when you when you talk about the lore that you liked of these games what about and there's not so much history in terms of years but the bitcoin lore do you get into that do you get into like reading the old uh, forum posts or reading about the old about satoshi or developers or anything like that or does that is that a different thing that interests you a lot less so i'm gonna be honest i'm probably a really bad bitcoiner (laughs) because so i understood pretty quickly that bitcoin just fucking works and the only thing i want my money to do is just work like i don't i don't get into the i'm i'm kind of I, I don't know. I don't, I, uh, I'm kind of, I don't want to say like I'm an, a rugged individualist or some shit like that, but it's like, I'm, I'm not in it necessarily for the memes. They're fun. They're fine. They're whatever. But like, I just want my money to work. That's it. You know, I don't have a whole lot of time for, for the, I've read the white paper. There you go, Jeff. I've said it publicly now. I've read the white paper. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, the whole mythos behind it. Like, I like the idea of Hal. I think Hal's pretty cool. I wish he'd been around still. Um, I definitely hate like uh, CSW, mm-hmm. you know, fuck that guy. Um, I'm Toshi. very defensive. Yeah, fake Toshi. He can go suck a dick. Uh, I'm definitely defensive of Bitcoin in terms of don't fuck with it. And in fact, on your, you know, when you were just on last time, we very much talked about ordinals and stuff like that. And, you know, I said what I said there and I'll say it again. Just don't fuck with layer one. Just leave that be because it works. Let it go and do anything else. I don't care. Just let my money work. That's all I'm asking. You know, don't fuck with it. So 
the whole idea of um, who was Satoshi doesn't really matter to me. You know, you got mm-hmm. you got people that are like, you know, Bitcoin is spiritual. Bitcoin is, you know, Bitcoin is the new Jesus or whatever the hell they're doing. I'm a Christian. You're not going to convince me of that shit. So that's that's a non-starter, you know. Um, and it's like, I just want my money to work. Like for the first time in 46 years, we have a money. And 46 is my age. So for the first time in 46 years, I have a money that actually works. Just please don't fuck with it. Just don't screw it up. That's all I'm asking. It's pretty simple. As as a Christian, a forty you said forty six year old Christian. Yes, sir. Just turned. as a as a forty six year old Christian with four kids. Do you see? Well, technically, like, technically five. I apologize. I, wow. I just want to say that because in case my eldest daughter ever listens, I do have five children. She just she's older. She's from a previous marriage. Copy, so she's copy, older, okay. so she's out of the house. Okay, <laughs> five kids. Go ahead. Um. Do you do you think there's a connection between uh, Bitcoin and God? How do you mean? Uh, yeah, let me to, to contextualize a little bit because we've talked about it on here before. Dan and always Mike, does and, comes and in Mike's, with a little bit. Of, let and me Mike's explain. Like, no, no, yeah, but no, I don't. I don't want to shy away from this. I absolutely no, yeah, want yeah. to do this. I just, no, I just want to have. So we we talk about like learning what's real or being drawn to what's real, and it's kind of these. The way the, however you want to interpret or believe it, essentially, like the, the Christian message is that God created the world. And so everything in it is his creation. So all the laws of physics, mathematics, all of these things are built in, designed, woven into the fabric of the reality we live in. And Bitcoin is a digital abstract concept, but it follows strictly and is protected by the encryption all this stuff is enabled by these laws these uh, mathematical concepts um so that's it's it's you know the connection would be if you're looking at it metaphorically like it's god's money similar to gold it is you can't you can't fake it you can't this is where i always had a kiyosaki always says I was going to say that's very Kiyosaki. Like, <laughs> he says gold is is God's money and Bitcoin is the mm-hmm. people's money. And I always think it's sort of reversed or something like this. I always think it is God's money. So yeah, that's the kind of connection we dive into in conversations so, on here sometimes. When uh, when Jesus was confronted by the Pharisees, right about uh, about the cone, uh, the coin, the denarius, I think it was called, right. The Pharisees came to him and they say, you know, who should we pay taxes to Caesar? Right. That, that whole, I think it's Luke, right? I'm not, I'm not that good of a Christian, to be honest. Like I don't have it chapter and verse, but the Pharisees come to him and they say, should we pay taxes? And it's a trap, right? They're setting a trap for Jesus because they want him gone. They hate this rabble rouser. They hate this guy. They want to trap him. And if he says, don't pay taxes, they turn around, they go to the Romans. He's incarcerated. He's out of the picture. That's what they want, right? He turns and he says, you know, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. And I I don't think that God cares about money. Honestly, I think if you if you look at the scriptures, especially, God only cares about your eternal soul. That's all he cares about. Now, do I think that 
stuff like Bitcoin can be God inspired. Absolutely. There you go. Yes. That's, I think what we're talking about. Yes. So, you know, do I think that, that, yeah, that that's kind of my answer is that I don't. Right. Like he gives, he gave us tools. He gave us tools, right? Like, right, and it's a tool. It's not any different than, tool than you can trust. the ability to have opposable thumbs, right? Like, he gave us opposable thumbs. What you do with it, that's up to you, man, you know? like. But they just work, right? That's all you care about. You have these tools, uh-huh. and all you care about is that they just work. And you can always count on them mm-hmm. to work because they are the same objective truth over and over and over and over and over and over again. You can always, you know. I will say, yes, I will say that I think Jesus is truth, and I do think Bitcoin is also truth. And that makes it appealing to me on both, you know, uh, from sure. both of those standpoints. So, do you ever think that uh, people on Twitter, Maxis, are similar to Pharisees in a lot of ways? Mm. I think I thought about the that. people on Twitter. Not everybody, just you know, the certain people who it's like, this is exactly what the orthodoxy is. And if you, and we're going to, we're going to put this stuff out here. And if you, if you deviate, we're going to pile in, you're going to get ratioed. <laughs> Mike is just laughing over there. <laughs> well, come up, come up around a, your house and ratio you. <laughs> Do you think that mining or, or fees to miners is taxes? Go. <laughs> What do you say, Jason Lowry? <laughs> uh, what do you guys think about Jason Lowry, man? I can't pin that guy down. Is he a spook I, or not? Well, here's, yeah, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you, you asked that specific like question. I, I also have an opinion. Go ahead. I don't think to be a spook that you have to be on the payroll. I think that a spook, I think the CIA pays a very good amount of money to make sure that a lot of people or you know, they spend it on marketing and movies and public policy to make sure that they don't have to have you on a payroll, that if your incentives are aligned with people like the CIA or the state in general, that is enough to make you a spook, even if you're not knowingly coming in with a paycheck to do a job. I think if your incentives are aligned with the state and with just the the fiat world, that that makes you a spook. So in that sense of the question, I would say, it's up for everybody else to judge, but I would say yes. I would answer that even more simply. My own question, because you know, <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of used to asking questions and not having to answer them. But uh, from what I hear, dude doesn't take Bitcoin for his own book; like he only has it through Amazon. Hmm. Well, that's what all you that need. To, you? Yeah, that's all you need to know, I guess. Jay or uh, I don't Mike- know. What I mean, your... I could wait, be wrong. Wait, wait, wait. Could he be doesn't wrong. take Bitcoin for his book. He only goes through Amazon. That's what I. That's what I've read. I. I mean, I've not investigated. To be fair, but uh, that's, that's an read. interesting. <clears throat> I don't know. I think less about Jason Lowry's sort of personal, uh, you know, persona. Yeah, yeah. And more because that has weaknesses that people are always like pointing, you know, pointing to. Sure. But but uh, I think about the thing that he put forward, uh, which was Bitcoin as a weapon system or okay. so, to this yeah, degree, yeah. something like this. Yeah. It's like a yeah, proof of work is like a, a national defense, a national defense uh, system, right? System, but, but yeah, it's more of a, it's a, a, a national a, defense a, issue. Attributing it to some sort of like 
uh, and like no one was talking about how it like it's applies force. to war. It's a force. It's a, yeah, it's exactly. a force. Yeah, it's a you, applying. He always talks about watts and shit. Force projection. So I think that him bringing that forward was actually very interesting and made me think about Bitcoin in a, in a different way. So I would I couldn't say that the things that he doesn't the things that he brings forward aren't valuable to me at least. Yeah, I was. Gonna, who, I said the who same he is, thing. I don't. You know. Yeah, well, I said the same thing about ordinals and inscriptions on on Doug's podcast i said that and i thought about this a little bit more since then and it's it doesn't seem to be a very uh what's the lindy like something that's, that stays popular for very long it seems like a fad um, but it does seem to have people really rethinking or thinking differently about managing utxos so in that sense it some good has maybe come out of it have you read i don't know book? if it outweighs the bad no i have not have you no, no, I, I won't. I'm not going to pay $40 for that shit. But I will say this. Uh, I will say this. His principle, his idea, like, and, and that's, and again, I haven't read any of his stuff because honestly, he kind of, he kind of talks in like uh, political slash economic slash mathematical jargon. And I'm just not smart enough. I, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not smart enough for that shit. So I will maybe say you this. are. <laughs> Maybe that's maybe. maybe that's why you don't listen to it. Doubtful, super doubtful. But his idea that Bitcoin is a weapon, okay. If we're gonna call truth Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is truth, truth is a weapon, right? And and going back to my Christian roots, right? Like Christ talks about this idea, especially in the end times, of uh, you know, uh, if you look at revelations, right? Uh, Christ shows up on the battlefield at uh, at Armageddon, and and he has a sword in his hand, and that sword is truth, right? Like truth is actually a weapon. So from that standpoint, I would give I would give him a little bit of leeway. Now I think you know from what I understand of the guy, he's going to talk about like hash rate and all this other stuff, and I don't care. But I do think truth is a weapon, and and in if the right people are wielding that weapon, if Bitcoiners are wielding the weapon of truth, which is mathematical scarcity and, and, you know, um, we talked about it, right? Right. Okay. Here we go. Perfect example. You just had a kid. That kid is now permanently, he's permanently on the blockchain. And by the way, I want to just say while I'm on the show, Dan, Dan also helped me uh, when my brother died, he put, he put that on, the blockchain as well so thank you dan i really appreciate that uh so those are truths now on an immutable chain that cannot be undone you know so the idea that truth is a weapon is i think a really important concept and i think that's what makes bitcoiners so interesting is because we're all pursuing truth that some of us want to just and and i probably am one of them i would love to use it as a weapon you know what i mean like i i would love to just know permanently what is real for sure and you know what to be uh as generous as possible to that point of view as well um if you, if you break down what anything is, right? Like you break down reality, you're just kind of breaking it down to its component parts. And eventually you get down to the atoms and quarks and neutrons and everything. So 
if you do that with a protocol, you break it down to what it really is. It's all this code, but at, at the end of the day, it's this proof of work that's creating this chain of truth over time and it's scarce, yada, yada. So like when you look at it that way, when he's, I think what his, his argument is that the, it's not Bitcoin itself, but the proof of work, it's the, uh, the hash rate, right? Like it's protecting that data. And that is like a force field, almost like you're like, yeah, fucking Wakanda and Black Panther and they can't pierce the, <laughs> pierce the, the energy force field. It's like this energy force field. And it's just using the concept of the, of needing a proof of work uh, to validate and to secure something. I think that's his thesis as what it is as a weapon. Um, so in that sense, I think that's kind of agreeing with what you said in a more stoner convoluted technology sense from a computer I mean, programmer. That sounded, that sounded smart to me, but uh, right. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, to go back into what we're talking about, you to go back to the lore, right? And you said, when it comes to Bitcoin, you just want your money to work. And that's really what matters to you most. However, at the same time, you are, you know, in present company, we're all the same. We're kind of fanatics about it. So what is, what is it about it that makes you so passionate about it? To want to talk to people every week, to there's the, the passion is coming from somewhere. It's not just because it works. I mean, I, I, your microphone. No, works. That, no, that's no, I hear what, what you're I mean? saying. Yeah. It's, uh, why do I do it every week? One is Jeff makes me, uh, <laughs> Jeff is a fucking he's machine. Just, he's relentless. He's a fucking machine, dude. Um, and I'm going to be honest, like I'm going to, I'm going to, be honest for a second i would love if our podcast took a turn to be more just general you know like mm -hmm. i get the idea of like we have to be bitcoin because that's our our thing right mm -hmm. but there's so much shit to talk about like in the world as a general thing and uh so i would i would love to just like like you guys seem pretty like whatever like whatever comes up you guys yeah. are doing and I'm, I was I'm just gonna say the same thing. Yeah, like that's kind yeah, of the way the show goes. It, you know, it's inspired um, by the it's I mean the show's called high hash rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh yeah. but in terms of why I do it week to week, like what's important about it, what inspires me about Bitcoin, um, I really do think it's it's as simple as it's the truth, because I, I since I've gone down the rabbit hole right um you start to you start to see things you know and jeff jeff always the catalyst he for always changing makes, how you think he makes fun of me because like especially this season and just between you guys i'm doing it on purpose i'm trying to bring up raw milk every fucking episode just just to annoy jeff but uh, should i cut that out of the episode by the way no you should absolutely, absolutely leave that so he fucking hears it fuck you okay <laughs> anyways uh yeah fuck you jeff Anyways, um, no, it's like once you start to go down this rabbit hole of money, right? Because money is the most important thing that we have. Follow the money, we right? That's the term. Nobody, nobody wants to talk about this shit, but like either you're, listen, you're either, you're knowledgeable about money and you make it work or you're terrified of it and you hope it doesn't fuck you. That's really what it comes down to. Okay. I was in the latter category. I was terrified of money. 
I never wanted to touch it. I didn't want to deal with it. I never paid attention to it. I just hoped I had enough at the end of the month. That's all I cared about, right? Bitcoin comes along and it opens up my eyes and I start to understand it doesn't matter how good you manage your shit. They're always stealing from you. And from that jumping off point, I realized, wait, if they're lying to me about the money, what else are they lying to me about? And I started down all of these rabbit holes. I started down raw milk. I started down meat. I started down fat content and all of this other shit. And that is what really gets me at this point. That's what motivates me at this point is there are so many lies out there that I don't, I don't want other people to continue believing that that's why I do it every week. I just hope that something I say somewhere along the line sparks somebody to get off of that fucking bullshit train and they, they do something else. They, they figure out real money. They figure out real food. They figure out real, you know, economy, whatever it is. I just, that's why I do it. So they're trying to conceal the truth, obfuscate the truth in every aspect of our lives. We don't know what's real. And Bitcoin is changes the way you think and it starts to reveal the the real. It's actually kind of horrible, dude. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's, like it's, legitimately, it's actually kind of horrible when you start to realize because again, I'm I think I'm older than both of you, right? Like by mm-hmm. a large margin, right? You guys are both probably what early thirties, I'm guessing. I'm thirty six. Right? Late thirties, late yeah. yeah. Late. Okay, so I'm thirty eight. Okay, okay. So you get you get through almost four decades of your life, and you're like, everything I thought I knew is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like how how are we supposed to wake up to that and then not like curl up in a corner and cry ourselves to sleep every night. Like it's crazy to me, you know, because it's like drinking from a fire hose at first. Yes, exactly. And you've said that. Yes. Yeah. And it's like from our government to our politics, to our money, to our food, to just, just the fucking daily TV shows, man. Like everything is it's, it's all fucking coordinated to keep you a certain way. And once you start to open your eyes to that base layer, the base layer is the money. Once you get past that, then you start to see the other things and it's a horrific, it's not fun. I don't, I am not happy about my journey. I'll be honest with you. Like, like you guys remember in the matrix, right? When, um, he cipher cipher goes and he plugs himself back in. He's talking to agent Smith and he's like, I know that this steak is, juicy and delicious but it's not real right like i kind of wish i could go back to that shit i kind of wish i wasn't (laughs) unplugged anymore because the reality is fucking harsh and stupid and awful and i hate it and i'm here for the fight i'm I'm not backing out i'm just saying like there, (laughs) there were certain benefits to not being informed you know what i'm saying it makes it a little easier when there's a bull market though. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the, okay. Yeah. So I, I totally get what you're saying. And there's a common theme amongst us, you know, the rest Bitcoiners uh, of hyper Bitcoinization. 
And I have a feeling that if you asked every Bitcoiner in the world what hyper-Bitcoinization meant to them, you'd get as many answers, different answers as there are Bitcoiners. So what metaphorically or literally does that mean to you? Like when you say you're here for the fight, what are you fighting for? Do you think it's going to be in your lifetime? And if it is, what does that, what does it look like? What is that? What is, what are you fighting for? I guess is what I'm asking. No, I, I'll tell you what I'm fighting for. Same thing I was always fighting for. It's just a different fight now. And Mike definitely gets this now. I'm fighting for my mm -hmm. kids. That's it. I don't, I won't see hyper Bitcoinization in my lifetime. I don't believe that. I just, at this point, like I did maybe a year ago, but I'm with you, by the way. I, I think I think that the world isn't ready for the truth. Um, but what Bitcoin has given me is this idea of self-sovereignty. It's, it's the idea of self-sustainability. And those are ideas that I can pass on to my children. You know, my children, my daughter will learn how to make her own bread. My son, he raises bees, you know, um, we're, we're going to get chickens this year. We're going to start a garden. We're going to, we're going to move towards total self-sustainability. That is the ultimate freedom. When they can't take your food, when they can't take your health care because you live a healthy lifestyle, they have no power. Just, they don't. So for me, Bitcoin is, Bitcoin is good because it is a monetary system that hopefully won't ever get fucked with and we can we can store our value in that but our real value is in what we do day to day that's our real value guys you mm -hmm. know like what are you what are you putting into your freezer what are you teaching your children that is what bitcoin really is about it unlocks every block matters. your brain what's that every block every block matters Every block matters. Yes, exactly. And, you know, once you unlock your brain to understand that what I'm doing genuinely affects my children and my grandchildren, that is, that's power. That's real power. Because you can, you can guide your path to not be affected by the powers that be. Yeah. I will edit myself. So part of the reason to go back to what we were talking about earlier about, you know, being anxious about starting the podcast or to really say what I wanted to say for the world to hear was, I think too many people try to sell NGU number go up. You're going to get rich mm -hmm. savings, money. They talk about it from this money angle when it's, really so much more. And I think that if, I think if more people heard us talk about it, like we just did for the past 15 minutes here, I think they would get it more. I think they would get it, the, the fanaticism and the passion and the dedication and the belief and the conviction. I think they would get it more if they realized that the price was like, you know, it's like you got like an iceberg, you know, like the, the iceberg at the top above the surface is just like the price and the, it go up and the savings going up, but it's really so much more. You get down below the surface and it's like your life is going to change. And it's not just going to change because your bank account went up and you learn that, you know, maybe your first bear market when you'll lose 70% of your net worth in like two months and you realize <laughs> 
shit, I've never been more optimistic and I shouldn't be. And it's so it's so, more, it's more than that. It's more than the money. There's more to than that the point, number. My wife had a really good job. She worked, uh, I won't say where she worked, although I'm sure someone will figure it out, whatever. But uh, she had a really good job with a really good 401k. Mm-hmm. And uh, she lost her job because we wouldn't take the jabs. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we had this big, basically this big pile of cash, right, for her retirement. And I talked with her a lot because my wife, I, I love her to death. I do till the end of days. I will love her for all times. But she doesn't quite get Bitcoin yet. And that's fine because she's never been into money. She's just not a money person. And that's fine. Uh, that's my job. So uh, I talked to her about it. And we cashed in her 401k at a penalty of like retarded levels. Like, yeah, yeah like, like it's, it's like 40 to 50 yeah. to 60%. I don't even know. We cashed it all in and we bought Bitcoin with it. Right. GBTC. So what's that? <laughs> no, GBTC. no, no. I bought Bitcoin. I own the Bitcoin. Goes I put it moon. in my wallet. <laughs> so the point is, is like, once you understand what Bitcoin is, that's the other thing. Can we talk about that for a second? Mm-hmm. This idea of like, like, oh, you know, you're, you're, what's, what's the phrase? I forget what the phrase is, but like, like once you get it, there's no, there's no bravery with Bitcoin, right? Like right. Uh, we just had, we had Luke Brails on for a second. We talked. I mean, nice. Yeah. That's not a name drop. It's just, we were talking about the concept of like, this idea of like, once you get Bitcoin, I don't think there's such a thing as like bravery. Cause like you just like, Oh, that's what it was. I, I saw somebody on, on, on Bitcoin Twitter. They were like, I'm going to, I'm going to put all of my, my shit into Bitcoin. Is that brave or stupid? And I'm like, it's, yeah. it's neither. You're stu- you, like, you're stupid for asking the question. You know, <laughs> it's like, once you understand what Bitcoin is, then it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a gamble. You just understand math. Good for you. Good job. Well done. You know, it's like, so anyways, I convinced my wife, put all of this in, we're going to cash it out. We're going to put it into Bitcoin because we, we believe in the idea of passing on stuff to our children. That's mm-hmm. what this is all mm-hmm. about. You know, a hundred percent. And I, I kind of learned, I was, I can't say I was ever really anxious about it particularly, but I work at Swan, right? Like, so if Bitcoin doesn't recover, it doesn't keep going, it doesn't work, um, which is, you know, like, I don't think that's true, but I have, you know, if you have high time preference, you might need it to work in the next couple of years and may that may not work out. Right. We talked about that. So anyways, it's, it's a very high risk job. Uh, it was kind of, uh, I was nervous to accept it when I, when I got the offer, it was kind of a tenuous offer. It was like, yeah, if you work out in two months, we'll hire you. But if not, you know, see ya. And so I had to quit a really good corporate job paid well. Um, so it was kind of a nerve wracking decision. And now I'm sitting at this point, like it wasn't really swan so much. That was the opportunity, but it was the Bitcoin, right? Like it, I took that leap because it wasn't bravery. It was like, the, the, I just have to do this. You know I mean? Like, no, what? No, there's no other option. Yeah. And, uh, I've grown so much professionally and like in so many different ways. Like I'm such a much better engineer now. And it's all because I was like, fuck it. I'm not 
Yeah, I'm you not, were still like learning anymore. when we first met, weren't you? Like, you well, were... no, I'd been a I'd been a software engineer developer for several years, but I was self taught, and I had a lot of like uh, imposter syndrome and insecurity about my mm. knowledge level, and my ability. Um, so I, it kind of held me back from really pushing myself and like taking on hard challenges and things that I was like, I don't know if I could accomplish this. So you know, you don't really improve unless you push yourself. And so that's been like that catalyst for just like pushing myself and pushing it to the edge and building, you know, great products. And now it's like, I have the confidence that I never thought I would have, at least when it comes to a professional sense and just many other. So let me ask you a question because Klippenstein is on record saying that Swan is like, kind of have a, it has an expiration date, right? Like he, 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 he's acknowledged as far as I've read that, that like, there's going to be a certain point where Swan doesn't exist anymore, right? Well, it's the, the missions to onboard what 10 million Bitcoiners go public, get it everything for Bitcoin. Once we hit like this certain velocity, there's right, you're not going to, nobody's going to use it anymore. It's like it's going to be uh, mm-hmm. obsolete. Yeah. Right. Because everyone's just going to be transacting Bitcoin right. amongst themselves. They're not going to need not gonna, Right. So, does that bother you or is that part of your plan? Well, that's part of my plan, even if it is like a short-term inconvenience or whatever, because I got to find a new job. Um, it's like the, what's like the noble sacrifice. Like, all right, if we get that to that point, that that's worth it. And, but at the same time, the things I've, the people I've met, the relationships I've made, the skills I've built, I, I would, I'm really not anxious at all about losing my job. I could lose it tomorrow and I don't, it wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't worry me. I'd pick up something else, but I'd rather work Swan, it till also, work it into obsolete, obsolescent. Swan also is a education company as well, you know, at the end of the day too. So, right. So that would probably be an avenue that they would sort of switch to or. Uh, well, you'd still, pay, you'd still have it. a job, Mike. I wouldn't. You'd <laughs> be producing content. Look, would be... look AI, AI is taking all of our jobs, bro. Or the people who know how to use AI are taking all of our jobs. Maybe I'll go. <laughs> Maybe Noster's hiring. Ooh, are you guys Here, both I'm on get... Noster yet, or what? So I wanted I, to. I have a a key pair, and that's a, that's all about it. I mm. I have been lying to everybody and saying I don't have Noster. Um, that's not true. But I decided that that will be where I stay in on. And oh, all right, because fine. if I need, you know, if I need it, that's cool. I, I didn't want to be friends with you anyways. Fuck you. That's fine. Whatever. Ooh, that's interesting. If I, Dan, if I ever need to set that up. Yeah, yeah, I can. And <laughs> honestly, Doug can too. He's, he's probably uses it more than I do. I, do, I just kind of have it. I, actually, I honestly, I fucking love Noster, dude. Like I, we were, we, we just had, we just had our last podcast and we talked to somebody and it was like, Noster right now is literally just a bunch of Noster dudes talking about how awesome Noster is, <laughs> but like the potential is really there, guys. Like I genuinely believe this idea of a decentralized social media site. Like I, I, I wish we had talked about it more when you were on our podcast because mm. it, it's. I really do think it's it's the future, man. Like the only issue is the idea. It's like Mike, right? Like we have to we have to get guys like Mike on board simply right, right. you know that's it's all the about problem. the user experience everything's user yeah, experience yeah 
That's so, really yeah. the issue. Your co-host does not share your yeah well, uh, optimism for the future. So does yeah. he really? Yeah, he's been going off yeah, on Nostra lately. Look, it, yeah, he's he like I I'm probably like the only reason I was on Nostra or on Twitter today was because I I had this podcast and I had to make sure I could like hook up with you guys and talk to you guys. I'm not going to use it for the rest of the month. I don't care about Twitter. Twitter mm. is it's centralized. It's it's you know it's okay. <laughs> Full disclosure: I got banned from Twitter for like a year, right? Yes, for I remember something that, yeah. I still don't even know why. It's they've never even told me why. So you know, screw Twitter. I don't give a shit. But this idea that like there's just a bunch of plebs out there and they're just connecting with each other. Like, how can you not love that? Like, it just seems so good to me. The only issue is right now it's the UX. That's it. Like, there, it, there's, there's, it's the perfect set of information. We just don't know how to make it like present good for people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. You know, I, I thought it was a little bit. I mean, I've, I've been supportive of it, and I think every, everything about it is better than Twitter it, for what you need it for. Twitter can be right. better just because it's everybody's already there. But that's the, it. That's it. What I think I was just thinking about this probably a week ago. And I think it was something somebody from Blockstream had tweeted, totally unrelated. But Nostra, I think, will be where people figure out. So like how it's decentralized, right? So you don't you can't have necessarily all of your data. You have to host it or you have relays. But you need to find a way to incentivize people to propagate and share and hold your data, which you can't just do it on your phone or your phone overheats. There's not enough space in the devices that people use every day, but some people would be willing to have extra laptops, extra raspberry Pis, extra server rooms and to incentivize them to people all over the world to distribute your data use the lightning network and you'd say, Hey, listen, we just have this very simple digital peer to peer contract. That's decentralized. Anybody else can find it's not on a blockchain. It's just hosted on everybody's machines, whoever decides to host it. And they could get, as long as this data, your Noster data or any data you've got is reachable from other nodes and all, and essentially the, the wider internet, you get X amount of sat streamed to you every second until one of the party decides to cut off the, the sharing of the hosting of that data and you're just streaming data and you're getting other yeah, people to could, host your data. You could, I mean, you're a smart guy. You're, you're into all this kind of tech stuff. Like you could, you could hold host your own relay right now. And like, that's the big thing right now on Nostra is like paid relays. Like you that's pay what, yeah, 5,000. Yeah. yeah. So and you're it's in, like, you're streaming sats to people. So to there's propagating your, your, your data. Yes, exactly. There's, there's this idea of, again, it's proof. You don't work. need a blockchain. It's you don't need a blockchain. You just need proof of work. I have I have a relay. I and I have like I've cultivated the best people. They they like my relay, whatever. So just pay five thousand sats, and mm-hmm. then you can you can have access. You know what I mean? It's like there's something about. Uh, are you guys on uh, on on uh, crap fountain? Yes. I, well, I'm on okay. there all the time. So. So you guys, yeah, it's a, it's a social network. I, it's a I knew that, but now. right. And, and, but this idea of like value for value, we're, we're, you're going to provide something 
and then it's decentralized that's that's a noster right like that's that's what it is and it's like i i i want to see better ux 100 percent. yeah it's early i mean it's only a few months yeah and and it's like in and, and and like this idea of like cultivating your relays like i don't i i i'm I'm not good at that shit. So it's like I have like 16 or 17 relays and like it takes forever for shit to load and it's whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's like the concept is there. The concept of a free market solution to social media is there. We just have to like kind of be part of it and support it. And if we do that, then we don't have to worry about Elon or Facebook, Zuckerberg or i guess i'm sorry i was gonna say instagram but that's also zuckerberg like we don't have to worry about who's censoring us we can just say what we want to say we can just do what we want to do i think it's i think it's a good thing man no i'm totally down so i think i was thinking about this it's like the biggest issue the censorship is is bad but that's only part of it right like they're using our data they're using our all that against us they are making they're printing money, basically billions and billions of dollars off of our data. We're getting nothing from that. We're getting a shitty experience. We're getting censored and fuck them. If we had this, I mean, think, go back to like LimeWire, Napster, uh, Torrance, it, all this da- all this value that, that's been sucked up by Netflix and all that stuff because it's a better user experience. But we had a way to share that value. We didn't need a blockchain, but if we could instead of having to incentivize people to come download your MP3s or your videos or your porn or whatever, if you had a way to like incentivize sharing and p- other people hosting that stuff, that's not interesting. It's not a movie. It's not something other people want. It's just your data, but you don't want these massive corporations to make money off of it and to use that money they're making to influence the society around you, to give them bullshit, to feed them lies through their advertising and through their blocking of messages you can now share this data, store it so it's accessible all over the world, even including to you, no matter where you're at, uh, for just streaming sats, a small fee. And now you're cutting out these rent-seeking fucking Googles and Apple and Facebook, and now you're giving the basically the, the power to the people you trust, the people, the peers that have good reputations of, of being good stewards of your data, not selling your data, not letting your data be... Uh, leaked or or lost the stuff that you want private and that's and, that brings and, up a really boom. good point like like this idea of like the different uh clients that actually access noster interesting point um so i've been following this guy on noster for a while i had no idea he was chinese because <laughs> because i use uh um uh amethyst right mm-hmm. I, I use a couple of different things to a- access Noster, but I use Amethyst and Amethyst has a, uh, a translator already. Like it's, it's part of their, their protocol. So he was in my mind, he's constantly, you know, uh, uh, he's, he's, I don't know what it's called. Noting. Mm-hmm. I, we need to find better terminology or like, like tweeting is pretty good, but noting is stupid. Like he's making notes mm-hmm. in Chinese but, but, uh, but because of the, the, the thing that I'm using, right. Just uh, it was translating, it was auto translating. So I thought he was speaking English the whole time. So I'm following him 
and like I'm listening to him and I'm responding to him and I'm like, holy shit, this this guy's pretty cool. And then I just find out today because for whatever reason, they they put the um, translated from Chinese at the very bottom of it. You know, it's like so you not only can you talk and and speak freely, but you can talk and speak freely to you know whoever you want to across the globe and it really just depends on what uh what uh, what's what's the term uh client you're using yeah what client you're using thank you that that's how it's processing so, the data yeah. yeah so you can you can determine this client is better for me because i'm talking to these people and and they're translating and they're doing all of their shit or whatever and it's like so it's it's a completely free market like both end user and provider they're both they're all competing everybody's competing for the best the best tweets quote unquote and the best user experience so yeah you, that's amazing so you can basically choose through a piece of software like which which portal you want to use to peer yep. into the digital realm or the digital truth like all right i need to I, go international. I'm using this client. I need to go domestic. Yep. I'm going this client. I need to go Bitcoin conversation stuff. I'm going to go this client. I don't know. Think about the potential of that dude, like from a business standpoint, right? Like if, if you're going to be like, listen, I am a company that I do, I'm in America and I, I do business with Dubai and Singapore and blah, blah, blah. And like, those are my main people to work with. Right. Mm -hmm. So now as a company, I just need you to create something on Noster that allows my company to speak with those people. Like the, the, the free market potential is, is endless. You know, you and can so it's, pick yeah. and choose, you so know what I mean? Of, instead of having to like create a web app that has 20 different languages supported, you just create one and then people yep. use the client of their choice to. And then that company, that company would hold host their own relay. So they can like all of these different, you know, these different languages can intercombine and stuff like that. And like, like you can, you can tailor your, like, like they're not all going to deal with Singapore, right? They're not right. all going to deal with whatever. There's just some companies that are just going to deal with some languages versus not. Right. And it's like, why should I have to pay for all of it? You know, like there, there's so much potential there. It's it's so crazy to me. Wow. And if one relay is censoring or filtering things, you just say, fuck you, I'm done with this. And you move yep. to the next one and anybody exactly. else can make it. Interesting. Um, well, I never. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely leading to, to Noster now that you've explained it this way. But I still don't oh, fucking get it, man. Mike, I'll be your be. first follow, buddy. I'll be, be your Sherpa. first. I'll be your first. Oh, for the record, I just want to say this. I am I really think that people on Noster should be called Nostafarians. I just really <laughs> I really think that. Okay, that's mine. That's that's patent pending. I'm just saying. I <laughs> I like that one. So Here's a weird question. It kind of goes back to stuff Mike's talking about on here a lot about authentic relationships and making friends in real life and community. But for the people who value the real, uh, we make a lot of friends 
through the internet, through our screens. And it seems like you do too. One of your, your co-hosts, your buddy, Jeff, you guys met online. You meet, you talk to the guy in China or a Chinese guy, at least on Noster. Uh, what is the ratio of, of like human friends that you really create versus your online friends that you really form a bond with, or is it like very separate? Yeah, it's honestly, it's so my, my internet life at this point is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I Same. have tried very, very hard to, to make my real life Bitcoin <laughs> and my local people are just not buying into it. So, um, they're kind of separate to be honest. Like they you're, just are. How, how do you live near a large city? I don't. Okay. So you don't have like a meetup that like a lot of cities have. No. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I live, I live kind of equidistant from chicago and milwaukee okay um but again it it makes me think that people are going to eventually just move into bitcoin as opposed to be convinced by it elaborate how do you mean what do you mean i mean like i have little success explaining bitcoin to someone on any particular conversation and having them come out of it going, oh, wow, I'm, I, I need to know more about this. Like, they're usually, like, put off, right? So I feel like instead of being convinced, someone coming to me and telling me what it is, I I tend to see that people just move into it genu- genuinely by themselves and find things. Oh, you uh, have to, yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying because I've been there a thousand times. I don't do it so much anymore but that just made me want to laugh at the idea of oh i had one conversation with somebody and they just didn't get it as if i mean that's all we do once a week on this show once a week on your show online all day podcast everything right it's like every single day we're consuming more so the idea of of explaining it to somebody in one conversation is uh it's kind of funny in hindsight are you guys both like uh, urban dwellers? Well, I'm in Omaha, if you want to call that urban, but yeah, it's a it's a city for sure. I'm in the I don't outskirts live. of Los Angeles. Oh, so you're definitely urban. I'd so, say so, yeah, I, 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 I have definitely been moving. A, I am, I am uh, anti social by nature i suppose hmm. right um which you wouldn't be able to tell from knowing you online though that's the funny thing yeah are you being joking i can't, I can't. no 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 i'm not being joking you like i said like your podcast like you just have like a you seem like a jovial friend you just want to talk you you're good at yeah. talking you're you're a salesman it's, it's kind of it's kind of a curse dude because it's like i love the human race and I also hate the human race. <laughs> and so my wife makes fun of me all the time because it's like I'm kind of constantly caught between the two mm-hmm. paradigms, right? Where it's like, I just want everyone to leave me the fuck alone, but also I want to talk to everybody. You know, it's it's a very I don't I don't I don't that's a myself. No, that's an interesting observation because I would say that's a lot of other people we meet and we talk to, and I've met and talked to at conferences, etc. Is that uh, it's like the yin and the yang or like this uh, contradiction of personality. And 
that's another thing that I think is why people are drawn to Bitcoin. Uh, so you have like these, I mean, it's very much overwhelmingly dis or disproportionately libertarian uh, individualists mm -hmm. such, but for the, for the network to work, everything about it is a large cohesive community that's growing every day. Uh, and it's like this perfect balance of privacy and individual expression of how you want to use your sats, how you want to spend them, how you want to store them, how you want to secure them, how you want to, et cetera. And it's this like perfect balance of, of individualism and still having to be this part of a, a broader collective. Cause you can't, you, you can't really just be an individual on your own. No man is an Island. Right. But at, you also can't just completely give up the self to the collective and you become a socialist and you know, we know where that goes. <laughs> and it's like this perfect balance of, I can keep all of my individualism, secure all of my property. You can't fuck with it. You'll, I'll put you under so many layers of security and entropy that you'll never be able to steal my money, my, my property. I can pass it for generations, but I can still interact with everybody else on my own terms. Nobody's got an advantage over the other. We're all have the same incentives. I don't have to trust any of you. I can be myself and there's nothing you can do about it, but I can still interact with you. And that's kind of what I think a lot of us want. Tired of having to conform at work. Can't say the right, wrong thing on Twitch. Can't say the wrong thing on Twitter. You get banned. We're all just looking to be ourselves and say what we want to say and do what we want to do and interact with other people and they can't fuck us for it. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it, dude. It's like, I mean, <laughs> well said, Dan. You know, it is. It's very well said. And, and the problem that I have as a Christian is that there's this idea that, like, we're supposed to reach out. We're supposed to every, you know, every every person is a child of, of God, and and you have a problem with that, in in my view, because it's like, yes, that's true, you know. But there are so many people that are just a-holes and I don't want to deal with them, you know, and it's like, yes, God loves them and they, and he should, but I don't. Well, but, <laughs> and, but I, that, and I fall down, you know what I mean? But that concept, you know, everybody's God's children. You're supposed to love them. You don't have to send them all birthday cards. You don't have to uh, hug everyone on the street. You just have to remember that when you're driving through the city and you just want to start driving on the sidewalk and mowing them all down. It just keeps <laughs> you from doing that. And maybe that's all, that's all I need. And that's, <laughs> and you know, and that's how you, that's how you, that's how you get the C minus or the, the passing grade as a Christian. You just don't veer onto the sidewalk. <laughs> well, I'm not going to try that one at the pearly gates, but I appreciate it. It's... <laughs> no, we've had that conversation on here before about the the Old Testament. If you kind of abstract it out a lot, you're like, what? It's like this concept after you get past like the history of like the the founding tribes and such is like this how this uh oscillating roller coaster ride of trying to have the perfect society you've got king solomon and king david and then they they fuck up and then the 
Babylonians come in and every, everything gets messed up. And then they, they rise back up again. They're trying to create the perfect society as a collective. And you get to the new Testament. It's like, yeah, that's great. But maybe you should focus on your inner journey and your like, how can you be a better person? How, what is your relationship with God? How do you, how about you focus on that? And then if well, you can perfect yourself, maybe you can start to make a better society, but you got to perfect yourself first. You got to get your the house. Entire, right. The entire scripture from, from old Testament to new Testament really is about your relationship with God. The bonus that we get is that the new Testament is what is your, you, you're right. What is your relationship with God at that point. So, right. um, yeah, I, let's not get into old Testament cause <laughs> <laughs> it gets hairy. Yeah. It gets hairy. Yeah. I just think it's more of like, to me, the theme of the old Testament is like, how can we be better? And then the new Testament's like, how can I be better? And then it, you, you have that, you know, that relationship. Aspect. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you. I think, I think okay. there, I think, I think that, Old Testament and New Testament are very complementary when you when you dive into them mm-hmm. um, from the standpoint of God has always uh, he's always looking for us to turn to him. Okay. And in the Old Testament, he had a lot of rules. He had a, he had uh, like a strict father. sacrifice and strict. Yeah, he, he was very he was very strict and everything else. And then in the New Testament, he very much comes to us, you know, and he, he lays it all out in a very personal way. So um, that's kind of similar I, I to think, life, though, right? Like at least a lot of people's lives, like you kind of have this you're trying to be strict, and go by the rules and you're harsh on everybody else. And as you kind of get older, you start to empathize and you start to see like, hey, it's hard and I just got to make myself better. Maybe I'll see things through a better light. I mean, honestly, that's kind of why I am a Christian is because he came to us and he said, I get your pain because I am human. I'm also a God. I am the God, but I also, I am human. And so I feel hunger. I feel pain. I have to go to the bathroom, you know, like he's all of the things that we are. And, uh, but also I'm God. So, you know, I get your pain. I understand what you're doing, but also salvation is get your shit together and get your shit together by believing in me. That's, 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 you know, that's the the new Testament in my view, get your shit together, believe in me because I get you. I understand it for sure. Doug, do you have any uh, any closing thoughts you want to leave with us tonight? Because I want to hear something that you uh, you've been thinking about. Oh, yeah, I do actually. Here's what I'd like to say. I think Bitcoiners need to understand their position. Okay. We are free of the shackles of money. We are free of the blinders that the government has put on us. We need to stop acting like we're still blinded. Okay. There, there are so many people in our space right now 
that they're still I don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. Like honestly, they're 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 quibbling, they're arguing, they're pissing on each other. Stop it. You know, just we have access to the truth. And this is not a Christian thing, although it could be if you want it to be, that's fine. We have access to the truth. Truth is the money. Start there, focus on it, and stop peeing on each other, man. It's just weird. It's gross. It's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Just talking about like, the infighting. Yeah, the infighting. Stop it. It's stupid. You know, Dieter Bob, fuck you. Okay. You, you fucking little chihuahua bullshit motherfucker. I, I'm so uninterested in that shit. I want us to start focusing on building as a collective as opposed to pissing on shit. That's what I want. That's my that's my take. That's my my one take is stop that shit. So maybe that's maybe that is the value of Nostra, right? Like you've got take out a lot of noise, take out a lot of posturing, a lot of uh clout chasing you just kind of get to something like how can we make this clout chasing has got to stop dude the clout chasing and can i just say this for a second say it we had we had luke perils on okay now there's a lot of people that are pissing in his cheerios okay Mm -hmm. uh and and i'm one of them from a certain perspective okay from this he came out of nowhere he's saying a lot of the right things everyone's Mm -hmm. interested in hearing from him but i gotta say all right to both to Mike and to Dan, I'm going to tell you guys both right now. Get him on your show, okay? If you don't think he's legit, I want to hear from both of you. But honestly, the kid seems like he's legitimate to me. I've heard him like, on a few shows, and I'm going to listen to yours. It's queued up on Fountain. I like, I do big. like him. I agree with yes. you that it's kind of strange. He kind of comes out of nowhere through the same channels that nowhere, other people like that have. Yeah. But um, I, he's very, it's hard not to listen to him and get excited. Yes. So, and to be fair, I think a lot of what he's doing is he's kind of just saying, and and I will say this to his face, so that's fine. But I think he's kind of just repeating a lot of what he's heard Mm -hmm. and that's fine because for whatever reason, he's a lightning rod right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's, he's not, uh, I, I, we talked okay so jeff and i talked to him for a good 30 minutes off air mm-hmm. right off of our podcast and he was legit from the podcast all the way through those whole 30 minutes and i just feel like i don't know there, there's something about this kid that if i'm wrong i'm wrong that's fine but right now i'm in luke Burrell's camp i'm just saying so, i lean that direction I lean that direction. I hope it doesn't get corrupted or get co-opted. Like, but because we've seen that before, you know, like Bitcoin has no kings, Bitcoin needs no kings. I'm not I'm not doing that shit, but I, I get him on your show. Get him on your show. Just do it. Just, just and and both of you come back to me like private channels, whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell me what mm-hmm. you think. Cause I, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious what you guys think. Cause he's he's got a lot of good shit to say and the thing about him this is interesting when you get him on the show all right dan mike tell me this here's the thing about luke is you ask him a question 
he will pause for like 15, 30 seconds and he will compose his answer. Hmm. So it's really interesting to me to watch him do that shit. Because if you listen to most podcasts, they're jump like tonight. I jumped on every answer. I jumped mm-hmm. on it because I'm stupid and I'm awful and I'm not prepared for that shit. He's thinking about his fucking answers, dude. Very it's deliberate. Cool. Yeah, very Hell deliberate. Yeah. I'd love to talk to him. I'll reach out for sure. Mm-hmm. I... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and drop my name. It's cool. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> tell us or tell the listeners where they can find buy Bitcoin because it's great. You should definitely listen to that. I, I would say listen to it on Fountain, stream some sats, earn some sats. And where can they find you on Noster? What's your, give them the 15 digits random character string that uh, they can type in. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, sure, I'll do that. Uh, no, first of all, let me say thank you to both of you guys. I love this. This is great. Please, oh, yeah. can I just beg you guys to have me on again? That'd be great. Oh, absolutely. Uh, of course, absolutely. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. This was this was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, guys. I really appreciate the open forum. This is very cool. Uh, you can find me on Noster at Bearded Hoddle. Uh, I think I'm... Oh, hold on a second. No, I can't. Thank, thank you for all of that, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. No, you guys, you guys are great. I, I really appreciate it. Um, just find me on Noster at Beard Hoddle. Um, I think it's nosterplebs.com. I don't remember. I don't remember what I signed up for. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Bearded Hoddle, at Bearded Hoddle, or you can go ahead and find both me and Jeff at whybitcoinpodcast.com. Thanks again for listening to the High Hash Rate Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at High Hash Rate, or you can hit up Dan at Heartland Bitcoin, H-R-T-L-N-D Bitcoin, or myself, Mike, at Run Dance Bitcoin. That's all one word, Run Dance Bitcoin. If you're a fellow pleb or you just want to shoot the shit with two high Bitcoiners, reach out to us. Mm-hmm.